The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by all of my fabulous co-hosts. Nate Harninger. Laura Nash. And Shane Kelly. And this is the Game of the Year. Aw, oh, yeah, 2019. The Game of the Decade. Nope. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not doing that. False. <laughs> we're not doing that, uh, but we are doing the game of 2019, or we're going to attempt to. It might be harder for us this year than it has been in previous years. Um, so uh, we're changing up our format for, for our game of the year discussion this year because in preparing for this, we've realized that our individual lists are much more divergent from each other than they typically have been in the past. You know, we've, we've had occasional disagreements, but we've always been able to come to a uh, come together and, and select a single game of the year, or I think in one case we selected two. Double cases, yep. Yeah, but uh, this year, I don't really know how this is going to go. So, uh, as opposed to... I think past- this is going to split up the band. This is going to be our Yoko. Oh, no. 2019 was our Yoko. I, I think in the years past, I... Uh, I, I do think just for the show this year, we were a little more, uh, even though we we upped our, we really significantly upped our output and we finally landed a consistent uh, release date. But I think that also meant that we were not all on every single episode. And so when I look at some of the lists that you all were made, it's like, oh, some of those are games that I was not able to do. So we covered more mm-hmm. games this year, but it also meant that less of us were on every single episode. And yeah. we did try to pick, uh, whenever we do these, I think it's important to note that we pick from the games that we covered on the show, at least for our short game of the year uh, piece. We'll we'll talk about games that we liked outside of that, but it does limit what we pick. It's really just the games we covered. So I wasn't on like Baba is You, which was a, a popular game. I, I didn't play that, right? So uh, I think that's part of why we're a little more divergent this year. Yeah, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a, a interesting discussion. Um, it just might mean that we have to do. Well, I I might need to do a little more bullying of all of the rest of you for us to come together on a single game that I select. Right? Four short games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. The well, people are waiting. Time for will this. tell. Yeah. Time the will end tell. Of this episode. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to know who to send the 14-foot-tall trophy that we make every year and send to the short game of the year studio. I so, mean, we're just going to have to send all of those games into the cage. Only one of them can emerge. The rest of them point. bloodied, destroyed. They'll be going mm-hmm. home to their mothers in hospitals. Each one gets a three-foot-tall trophy. Done. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yes. And a smaller novelty size check. Yes. So um, our process this episode is going to basically be to each share our own individual list from the interest of time. We're limiting it to five. We're going to talk about what our selections are for our uh, short games of the year. Where there's overlap, we're going to try not to do too much duplication of talking, um, but uh, that's going to be our approach. And then we're going to try and bring it together for a uh, try to hash it out towards the end. Um, Looking forward to talking about it with all of you. And uh, 
should I go first? Let's jump in. Reagan, take us off. All right. So this was a very, very difficult year. And I should say that, um, I mean, there was a lot of horse trading. I had to disqualify a couple of things. I'll explain those as I go. So, um, uh, and also, there were a bunch of things that just barely got pushed off of the, since we're limiting ourselves to five, my list ran much longer than that. So a few very good games got pushed just below the fold. But I'm not going to limit myself to five. <laughs> I, I do the edit. I make the rules. And we are limited to five. Um, Shane, this is a podcast. We have rules. Yes. Okay. Uh, all mm. podcasts have rules. Uh, so. The the number five on my personal game of the year list of short games would be Ape Out. Uh, Ape Out is one of my favorite sort of purely action-focused games uh, I've played on the Nintendo Switch. It's available on other platforms too, but that's where I played it, and I just thought that was a really fun experience. It's got beautiful Saul Bass-style art. It's got a really, really cool reactive soundtrack where every action you take becomes a part of the percussion track of a sort of an improvisational jazz album that you're creating along with the game. Um, It's extremely violent, but in a way that kind of abstracts that violence to make it cool and not gory or distressing. Um, It's just a really super fun game. And uh, Ape Out would be my number five. Anybody have anything to say about, I mean, I'm sure Ape Out is on some of your lists too. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's even higher on my list. Um, I, I'm a huge lover of this game. Um, it made it really high on my list because one of the things that will really pull me into a game really quick is um, like accessible arcade action. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that in a really stylized way um, that has um, that level of like you know, that brings together that gameplay, good gameplay, which it has with kind of beautiful visuals and a terrific score. Um, It really is hard to beat that kind of a game. I mean, there are a lot of games out there that shoot for that, um, you know, but uh, Ape Out did all of the all of the above and it did it in a really original way uh, and in a way that um, I mean, I, I just I, I keep uh, introducing people to that game. I keep sharing it with people. It's a great one. So Ape Out is really interesting to me because it is one of my most recommended games of the year because it works for people who want a very visually arresting game. It's very easy to learn, even though it gets super hard. It's funny. It's got all this action. But also, I've been able to recommend it to a more hardcore long-term gamer who like doesn't really like a night in the woods and thinks that's kind of like really indie bullshit. Ape Out works. So I think Ape Out is my most versatile recommendation of the year by far. That's a really good point. Also, I 100%ed it. (laughs) Nice. Before, my recommendation was always super hot for a game that like anybody who's a gamer, I think would appreciate it. Uh, Ape Out is right up there with super hot for me now. For someone, for exactly your point, Laura, I think anyone who's into video games can pick this game up and be like, Hell yeah. Is it one of the most innovative shovers you've ever played? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> People who <laughs> nice. hate shooters still like Ape Out, and it's wild to me because shooters require some precision, and this one's just shoving. So, like, yeah. people who like violent games but aren't good at FPS, Ape Out Here is, like, go. their game. I, I just also appreciate a game that really goes for a tone and a style you know this is a style piece as much as it is a arcade game and they really everything clicks 
it it is a complete package of mayhem and it, it i love this game it's also very high on my list yeah it, and i i enjoyed it much more than i expected to so I, and looking at my list like there i'll tell you a little bit about some of the things that didn't quite make it once we get through this and i i you know it, it a little Putting the list together was sort of illuminating for me because some of the decision making that came out of it actually ended up sort of, I ended up kind of being surprised by my own opinions in a way, if that makes sense. It was sort of surprising to me, but like, hey, here it is. Ape Out, yeah, actually really good game that ended up near, you know, on you know number five. Uh, next up from that would be Creature in the Well. Uh, this is a theme on the short game is that I ended up putting... Uh, a pinball-based game really high on my list that none of the rest of you guys put on your lists, which is okay. <laughs> but I put Yoko in Yeah, last yeah, year. yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Yoku was... Was it just you? Yoku was really, really good. Um, I think Creature in the Well is a phenomenal game. Uh, it was very hard. There were times at, in that game where I was absolutely cursing at it in a... Uh, uh, you know, just absolute lengthy screeds of really, truly uh, inventive curse words. Uh, but it's also just extremely clever. Uh, and I just had an incredibly great time playing it. Um, you know, I would recommend people go back and listen to our episode on it. Uh, the very short version is that it plays like a uh, sort of top-down dungeon crawler where instead of uh, you know hitting enemies with your sword, your swords essentially become paddles or bumpers in a kind of a massive pinball table. Or it actually plays quite a bit more like uh, things like Breakout uh, because you're mostly trying to hit targets uh, and, uh, and uh, progressing through a dungeon by clearing rooms, by batting balls around. And it's, it's got a lot of really, really good ideas. It's not perfect. But for me, the pinball style mechanics just really, really resonate. So I, uh, I had to put this on my list because this, you know, pinball stuff, I love it. Yeah, this is a great game. Uh, it didn't quite make my list. I don't think I connect with pinball as much as you do. But uh, as far as, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about and I, and I just said it on Ape Out, but this like complete package of like a gameplay mechanic that wouldn't work on a 40 hour game but is perfect for a six to eight hour game. Yeah. Uh, this is like exactly that thing, right? This is a perfect example of a short game that understands its mechanic, builds on it, builds on it, builds on it, makes it harder and harder and harder, and then ends before you're like, I am sick of this, right? It, it's a really cool game. Yeah. Continuing up my list uh, in the number three position, is uh, Anodyne 2. And this is another example of, I think, where our uh, our lists this year are perhaps a little more divergent than in past years. Uh, Anodyne 2 is a landmark game for me. Like, this was an extraordinarily good game. Um, it took everything that I liked about Anodyne 1, which we, you know, had been out for years, but we finally got around to playing very early in the year. Uh, I think like around March or so, we ended up playing Anodyne 1, uh, and we have an episode on that. Um, and I liked that quite a bit, but I had some complaints. Then finally, Anodyne 2 came out, um, and I was absolutely blown away by it. It's got this incredible uh, sort of a mix of the Zelda style dungeons, but scaled down to make them extremely digestible, like really uh, streamlined Zelda style dungeon crawling that is just has all of the fun and none of the occasional frustrations of uh, the sort of 2D Zelda style, um, but also has this 
really extraordinarily weird 3D overworld that connected with me so much because it reminded me of these uh, 3D games of the uh, the 32-bit era, the like PS1 and Saturn. And not just the graphics. There were things about that game that just sort of felt extremely, uh, I just, I really connected with it. And it also had like more going on than the first Anodyne, more characters, more story. Um, I, I thought it was just an extraordinarily well done game and had a really impactful moments in it. And I cannot recommend it enough. Um, and I know that I think I was probably the strongest, like, uh, cheerleader for this game on this show. Um, you know, we nicknamed you the Fanadine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. You would wear that. You'd wear a hoodie with Fanadine. On oh it. yeah. Oh yeah. I. I. Oh yeah. I, I'm. I'm totally okay with that. But like, damn, guys, this game. It's really, really good. And I'm. I, I'm kind of bummed that more people didn't seem to have played it or enjoyed it. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it once we've been. You know. Uh, uh, down in uh, in the game of the year territory, you know. So, if you missed Anodyne Two, you don't need to have played Anodyne One at all to play and enjoy Anodyne Two. And it's one of the best action RPGs uh, I've ever played. It's extremely like in the short game territory for length, and it's also just extraordinarily weird and full of inventive stuff. Um, Go back and listen to our episode on it. I gushed there, but I really, really loved this game and I'm extraordinarily happy to have played it in 2019. Yeah. You know, Reagan, I completely agree. I didn't put it on my list uh, for this, but you're, you're convincing me to maybe throw it on there because uh, I really enjoyed this game as well. Um, I think, during the time of recording, I had not been able to get all the way through it. So that's probably colored a little bit of my experience with it. Whereas you've, mm-hmm. you, know, you played all yeah, the and way that through happens. it. You know, that, that's, yeah. that happens sometimes a lot with this show is like, yeah. you know, two of us will have finished a game and then two of us will be at various other states of doneness with it by the time we get down to recording. And, you know, and that, that's fine. And sometimes we go back and finish those things and sometimes we don't. And that's okay too. I, I will say that sort of the mood and the tone of that game has definitely stuck with me. And I, I do think about that game more than a lot of the other games that we've done this year. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it definitely, I, there's the only other games that I've played that have the same tone that that game has is the other games by the, the makers of Anodyne two mm-hmm. Anodyne one. And even the ocean are the games that I've played by them. And uh, they are, uh, they have a definite style, you know, it's like an auteur style of game making. Right. And I really, really appreciate it. I think it connects a little bit more with you than it does with me, but I, I really appreciate what they go for. And the writing is just unlike any other game. And, and I, of course, love and appreciate good video game writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really something. Um, and it feels like a very complete experience. Not that these other games don't, but something about this, you know, some, when I think back on this game, I, I think of it like, wow, that was really a complete package that included a lot of interesting stuff, uh, that connected together well, but still sort of a diverse package. Did not even make my top 12. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you didn't well, that's it. only your third game. What could be better? You just what could be better than that? What's your second one? Well, Nate, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the uh, 
the second item on my list, the number two game on my game of the year list is a short hike. And short hike. this is a game that we didn't really do a full episode on. So you might be if you if you hear that name, you might think, well, I thought they were sticking only to games that they uh, that they covered on the show. Well, listener, you clearly missed Bird Week, the best episode <laughs> we did all year. Yep. Uh, the Bird Week episode uh, featured a bunch of games that I wouldn't look back at again for any reason and a short hike uh, and a short hike uh, is, I think, one of the most short game games Mm-hmm. ever i mean it's extraordinarily short <laughs> i mean it's not like three minutes exactly or anything but i think i completed the whole game including a lot of optional stuff in under two hours um and it's a lovely story uh it, it if you didn't listen to the the bird week episode uh or maybe you skipped out of it before we talked about a short hike um a short hike is a lovely little game about you know it's very animal crossing or sort of animal crossing meets night in the woods so the story of a short hike you're playing as this sort of bird character uh you know in a in a world of animal people right very animal crossing um and uh you have gone out i presumably you've left the city uh and you're going out to this cabin to visit an ant, uh, and uh, you're staying in this very rustic place with no cell phone reception. And it's clear that it, through very subtle ways that it doesn't, yeah, it, it's clear that the main character, the bird, is kind of troubled in some way and uh, is stressed out about not having cell phone reception. And your short hike is basically to get to the top of the mountain at the center of this island that you're staying on uh, to get some cell phone reception. And Along the way, you meet all sorts of different characters, and you uh, have the option to do things for them in a very sort of Animal Crossing-y or maybe sort of like light RPG-y kind of way. Um, And all the characters are really funny and interesting and actually, like, I actually had an emotional connection with them as characters in ways that I wasn't expecting for a game this this sort of brief and uh, and. Uh, you know, streamlined. Um, but it also has really fun mechanics. Like uh, you start out just able to jump uh, and do a very l- slight glide. But as you go, you, you, you're you constantly collecting new ob- objects and abilities, things like uh, the ability to climb, uh, things like buckets and uh, shovels and sticks and other stuff that you use in all sorts of different ways. You're, you're at, you had a lot of new verbs over the course of the couple of hours, Max, that you play this game. Um, climbing this mountain, trying to find ways to expand your ability to climb or get have a longer uh, hover time when you jump. Uh, so all of the movement in it is actually really fun. And uh, it's really just about this sort of uh, persistent joy of trying to go on a hike, explore a, a, a really interesting 3D space. It's also a beautiful game. Uh, it has this really unique striking aesthetic that is kind of like l- low poly models um, with a really nice sort of light color scheme that looks very... Um, uh, I would say it's sort of like a low poly models with color scheme that seems sort of pulled from watercolor, um, but with uh, seen through a kind of a pixelated filter uh, as if you were looking at it on a on an old school computer monitor or something like that. And 
it's hard to really express why it's so beautiful, but it's really just a truly emotional and fun, like fun to play and beautiful game that I really, really loved. If you liked Animal Crossing, but want to do something other than collect furniture in that world, this is that. And it's it's lovely. So I will be talking a little more about Short Hike later since I had it very high on my list and I played it super recently. Uh, but I think that, you know, this is a game that I had marked as like, I will love this. I sh- need to play this for end of year. And I literally played it in the last two days. So re- recency bias be damned. This game is incredible. And I think that it's definitely worth time sunk into it. It's wonderfully earnest and optimistic. Um, I've mentally compared it to like a much more earnest night of the woods. And I've compared it to like, it's Breath of the Wild, but it's like three hours if you <laughs> mess around. <laughs> like <laughs> Because Absolutely. there's so much, yeah, it's a small space and you have just as much climbing and exploration and, you know, fishing. They added fishing. Yep. I don't know if fishing was in the game when you played it, Reagan, but uh, definitely fished quite a bit. It's, it's a very charming game, uh, but it also feels like a bit of a break. Like it's a, supposed to be a mental break while you're trying to prep to do this phone call. And it definitely feels like one to play it. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, and the final game that I will put as my number one short game of the year. And I know I'm probably the only one with this in their top five, but that's okay, uh, is Manifold Garden. Manifold Garden is a game that I've been looking forward to for many years. I first played it at a preview in 2015, and it had already been in development for a very long time at that point. Um, So it's a game that I've been following the development of for years and years um, and was really looking forward to, and it did not disappoint me. It was absolutely one of my favorite games of 2019. I'm uh, a little bit worried that it's getting overlooked in this uh, period in this game of the year period for a couple of reasons. One is that um, it launched uh, exclusively on the PC, on the Epic Game Store, and via Apple Arcade. And that has put, I think, a lot of people in a position where they don't have a great way to have an optimal experience playing this game. It's coming to PlayStation 4 in 2020. And so I'm hoping that's where a lot of people will check it out. But basically, if you're playing it today, you have a choice between playing it on your Apple computer or tablet or phone. And none of those are really a great experience because this game is beautiful, but does it's a first person game with beautiful sort of line art shaded graphics that don't necessarily look or their best on most of those Apple platforms, despite the fact that, hey, if you have an Apple Arcade subscription, You can just download this game and try it, Um, but it's not an absolutely ideal experience there. And then the Windows version is exclusive to the Epic Game Store, and I know some people have their issues there. Um, It's it's absolutely the first time in years that a first-person puzzle game has really excited me. I've tried other, you know, in in the wake of Portal, I've played a lot, a lot of games that are doing the first-person spatial 3D puzzle game thing. Um, you know, I've, I've played, you know, Cube and things like that, and and uh, and uh, there's, there's a lot of them, and I, the names of those games that I have played in that genre are escaping me now. None of them have done for me what Portal did. This is, has, for me, I thought even more interesting puzzle mechanics than Portal. It doesn't have the humor 
of Portal, but it doesn't need it because it's instead one of the most visually beautiful games I have ever played. And it gets more and more visually interesting the longer it goes to the point where I will say that the final moments of this game, when it sort of fractally implodes, is one of the most striking things I've ever seen. It's just absolutely astonishing to look at. Um, so I, I 100% recommend Manifold Garden. I'll very, very quickly say that the things that were on my list that I had to strike out, Outer Wilds, uh, Laura and I discussed this earlier, I already mentioned, um, and we've decided that Outer Wilds would be my number one game of the year, but it is too long to represent the short game. Uh, so it is a wonderful game. Go back and listen to our episode on it. Outer Wilds is absolutely my uh, long game of the year, but it is not my short game of the year. And uh, for similar reasons, we also struck out uh, Heaven's Vault, which would have been probably my uh, number four. Um, both excellent games. I also wanted to very briefly call out um, Micro Mages would be my retro homebrew game of the year for for a variety of reasons. <laughs> this is the game. This is this is a year where I played a lot of homebrew games uh, for old consoles, and Micro Mages is absolutely great. We did an episode on it. If you have the yeah. means to play an NES game uh, in 2019, go check out Micro Mages. It's absolutely great. Um, yeah, and that makes it sound harder than it is because you can play it on any ROM on your. You know, I played it on my iMac. Right. So uh, I played it multiplayer on my iMac. Uh, that was a really fun game. I agree. Yeah, it's absolutely great and really astonishing piece of uh, of like uh, programming because really great modern feeling game that runs in a, you know, a handful of bytes on the uh, on the NES um, and um, probably my mobile game of the year would be Grindstone. I spent way too long playing Grindstone this year, and it's it's still what's justifying. Some, that's on some of our actual lists, buddy. Oh, okay, well, that's fine then. Uh, keep it there, and I, I endorse that. Um, <laughs> so uh, who... who yeah, hands off, says Shane. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shane, do you want to take over? Sure. I will start off um, with my number six, because I don't think it's actually on anybody else's list. Um, and that is the game Telling Lies. Mm. That game really worked for me on the level of like the acting and directing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we we played the the previous game, um, her story. What's it called? Her story. Telling her story. truths. Her story. A lady's story. Did Shane mute me? <laughs> her story. Her story. That's the one. <laughs> and. Um, that one didn't really work as well for me. Uh, this one had uh, a slightly tweaked structure, and I felt like a better, more complete story that you could kind of actually feel like you were finishing the game. And the interface and kind of frame story around it were both really, really good. I, I would actually recommend this game to a lot of people. I think I called it my most bingeable game of the year. And this that one was one where I honestly can't recommend enough. If you have like a tablet and a significant other and it's cold, snuggle up and mm. try and solve this mystery together in bed. It's beautiful. It's a good time. My number five, uh, no one told me I could not put a board game. So I am putting Wingspan at number five. Huh. Um, okay. W- Wingspan. Another Bird Week game. Yeah. Another Bird Week game. Wingspan is a tremendous board game. Uh, it's it's a kind of board game that's usually very unapproachable and unaccessible. Um, 
turned into something that through both its theming and its rules is incredibly accessible. Um, it's one of the most beautiful board games that's out there. Um, if you if you can if you buy it, you're buying a beautifully designed board game, but also more than a hundred little beautiful pieces of art. Um, the game is getting its first expansion really soon, which is going to add the birds of Europe, which I'm very excited about. Uh, so that is my number five game of the year. Oh, on, on the topic of Wingspan, uh, Elizabeth Hargrove, who's the designer of it, is an excellent Twitter follow. Uh, I haven't played Wingspan personally myself because I haven't had a chance to get it. It was sold out when I wanted to grab it. Um, and I don't think it's right for my family, so I'm holding off for, for Christmas. Um, they've got little kids who are not going to, like, they're going to more likely, like, to draw on the cards than to awe at the cards. Mm. Um, but I, I think Wingspan, every single person I know who's played it adores it. It's, like, the number one hit of the year. It's, it's showing up everywhere on, like, science podcasts. Like, everyone loves Wingspan. So you're in good company, Shane, even if we didn't put it on our lists. Absolutely. Even um, friend of the show... Um, Mark, uh, Mark Bramhill has actually gone and interviewed the creator of Wingspan. So you can catch the details on Bird Note. My number four game of the year is one of the uh, most addicting games I've played this year. Uh, it is Grindstone. Um, I am a sucker for a match three puzzle game. Same. Uh, this is by Capybara Games, who have made one of my previous all-time favorite match three or kind of color matching puzzle games, which was uh, Critter Crunch. And uh, they haven't really dipped into that genre in a long time. Uh, I know a game is really good um, if, like, I can recommend it to a bunch of people and then I'll spot them playing it on their phones. And that's been the case mm -hmm. for me with Grindstone. Even people who I thought would be put off by the theme, like, because you are, a, like, a gross little dude carving your way through an ocean of cute little colorful blob creatures uh, with a giant sword and like viscera flies everywhere. So it's uh, it's both cute and horrifying at once, which is a I mean, that's an aesthetic. Sure. Um, I, but the thing that I think is great about Grindstone um, is that it has a series of levels that's going to take people a long time to get through, but it's a very quick playing one-handed game, right? And every, almost every playthrough, every time you put pick up the game, you're probably going to get through a level, maybe two, especially early on. And literally every single one of those is going to be showing you something different. It's constantly adding new mechanics or new um, enemies or um, new layouts to the, to the level. And I don't know. It's 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 an incredibly satisfying, um, quick playing, time waster game that 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 gives you gives back to you in terms of depth. Like you're you're never gonna feel like you've totally wasted time screwing around in Grindstone. It's exactly the kind of game where I have a I have a little side list, uh, by the way, of like my honorable mention mobile games. There are a few mobile games that I played this year that we never wound up actually covering because we kept talking about doing like an Apple Arcade episode and I mm -hmm. played a bunch of these. Still and might. And we still might. Well, I'll still mention them here in a timely fashion for the year. No, go for it. Um, uh, so I'm going to take a segue here at Grindstone, uh, my number four game, to talk about my three special mobile mentions. 
Uh, number one is Mini Motorways. This is the sequel to a terrific mobile game that I never had the chance to play, uh, but it's a traffic management puzzle slash simulator. It's a very light simulator or a very uh, simulatory puzzly game. And I kind of binged this one uh, while I was on some airplanes this year. I absolutely really, I cannot get enough uh, of this game. I hope they add more levels and stuff to it. Um, it's a very simple game to play, but it's um, it really makes you think about like, you know, traffic planning and stuff like that. It's very, <laughs> very cool. Um, and it also is, has that great pick up and play feel. The second one is one that I uh, I hope Reagan is is getting into. Um, I have recently completed this one called Pinball Wizard. Mm, Reagan, yes. have you tried Pinball Wizard? I yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. I played a good bit of it. Um, I I don't love the way that it handles um, like progression because it 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 stacks up the uh, the floor. You're climbing a tower, and each each floor of the tower is kind of like a mini pinball table, and they get progressively more complicated as you go. Um, I don't love its design for some of the pinball layouts. Uh, its physics don't feel right to me, and also I don't love the way that it handles progression. But I I like a lot about it. Um, this has been a year where I've had some options for pinball games. Uh, so I, and I am, I am always in favor of pinball meets X or Y. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I have, I have some issues with, uh, with it, which is why I didn't really make my list and I didn't really stick with it, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. For me, pinball wizard had a really good, had that same kind of pick up and play feel that you can have with a motor, mobile game. It works really well if you have a phone with haptics and the um, kind of the, the play from there is really nice. And I liked the way it handled a lot of the basic pinball mechanics. It's a lot closer to a stock pinball kind of experience than the other pinball-esque games that we've played this year. So I'm a big fan of that one. The last game on my little special mobile list is one that really scratched an itch that I didn't think a mobile game could scratch. And that's the game Outlanders. Has anybody else tried Outlanders? Uh, I played it a little bit at uh, like a dev, like a day of the devs type thing in Chicago, but I haven't seen it in its full glory. So it is a kind of medieval city building simulator. And it sets you up with these scenarios where you can do uh, you know, kind of a little bit of layout and city planning. And you also can set up these laws for your citizens to follow that tell them things like, here's what your working hours are. Work a little harder. Uh, I know it'll make you hungry. Uh, or you can tell them, hands off of each other. We don't need any more children in this city and stuff like that. And on top of that, you know, it has a very hands-on kind of somewhat micromanagey uh, approach to city building where you can assign individual workers to different buildings and follow them during their kind of daily life. The thing that really works for me about Outlanders is I love games that have a slow, relaxing pace that I can kind of play while I'm kind of doing something else. Like this is the game that I would play while I was doing dishes or uh, while I was getting ready for bed um, because it's on mobile, I can like w keep an eye on it. Uh, but even if you're, you're setting it down for a couple of minutes, it is flat out relaxing to just 
watch a, a little guy clear a forest and, and chop down trees. So super good game. Uh, gets really complex and hard towards the end, but starts off really smooth and easy. All right. Now you've got it, folks. We're down to th- th- three, three games on the game of the year list. It's uh. Shane Kelly's t- 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 top three. <laughs> okay. Number three, burning up the charts. It's Sayonara Wild Hearts. Sayonara Wild Hearts. Uh, really fucking rocks. Uh, it's a <laughs> album meets game. Uh, it's a pure arcade experience, which you guys know I love. Uh, it is a candy coated explosion of like different influences and colors. Um, that's literally all I'm going to say about it. It, it, it rules. Uh, everyone should check it out. I, I'm still listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. Spotify, uh, this year, I was confused because I was like, who are these two Swedish men I've never heard of in my top five <laughs> artists of the year? Oh, wait, they are the authors of Sinar Wild Hearts. I listened to them so much that they were two of my top five artists. Um, I also bought a pink bomber jacket uh, that I have worn very often since I, I so I, I, for me, I think I love the soundtrack more than the game but I completely understand anyone putting it in the top five. It rolls. Yeah, I'll also agree in that I put it, it was like just below Ape Out on my list. So yes, definitely yeah. good. For this one, uh, I keep changing what my favorite song on the soundtrack is. Right now, I think it's the song called Mine, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two on my list, uh, unsurprisingly, Ape Out. Uh, Ape Out is an awesome game. I've already talked about it when Reagan brought it up. Honestly, I don't have that much else to say about it, but this game rules. It has a uh, slightly envi- slightly environmental message, uh, <laughs> but also an anti-human pro-ape message, um, <laughs> which I can get behind, I suppose, as well. Uh, and just, uh, again, this is... I think the top three of my games here... Um, all have a certain unique styling involved. They all have a kind of uh, flat color, very living world feel to them. Mm. So the top game on my list is perhaps the greatest game uh, of the year, most likely of the decade, perhaps even of all time. Uh, That would be, gosh, I hope they come up with a name for this goose game. Uh, the Untitled Goose Game is a super uh, pop. You guys have all heard about it. All you listeners know everything you know about the Goose Game because it's the most memeable game of the year without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And why is it so memeable? It's because it takes something that everyone knows is true, which is that geese are large and somewhat scary uh, and they bite and it turns it's the that, universal truth that we didn't all know we knew, you know, it's like a it's, voice of a, it's a vin- voice of a generation kind of thing, right? Like, yes, you know, just finally someone got up and said it <laughs> humans, I think have this knowledge built into their DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when you look at a goose, uh, you know, that is a chicken with a snake for a neck and <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be near it. That is the uh, thing I don't we disagree. All know. Yeah. And so in Untitled Goose Game, it is sort of 
playing on the there's 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 a history of kind of similar games. There's like that goat simulator, right, where it's it's these agent of chaos games that provide you with a sandbox to 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 wreak absolute havoc in. Uh, but this one uh, succeeds where similar styles of games have failed uh, by giving you a world that is extremely charismatic and that is stubbornly resistant uh, to the chaos that you're trying to wreak. Uh, my favorite thing about the game is the way that you can absolutely trash the garden and the gardener every time will stomp his feet and get mad, but then get right back to work cleaning up your mess while you make another mess somewhere else. And that is why it is my game of the year. And it's not because the goose is the world's greatest protagonist <laughs> or perhaps antagonist. Mm -hmm. um, but it's because uh, the little English village had so much character and was so jam packed with story and characterization without ever having to say a word. It is my favorite location in video games. It had some of my favorite open-ended puzzles. It's an incredible game. Second. This game has so much personality, and I think it is not only a blast to be a mischievous dirtbag of the year. We didn't even talk about it this year because it was so clearly we're gonna be this goose that we were just like, yeah, it's the goose. Um, but I, I think to me, it's just, it's something about the little script font for the tasks you need to complete. Like the goose is organized in his mischievous to-do list and only that. Um, you bother to cross things off a very orderly list while you're wreaking havoc. To me, it's the little details. I know that ever, the art style has been memed a lot. Like there's so much stuff to pick up, but like just the idea that um, you can treat this like a sandbox or you can get stuff done and you might accidentally do both at the same time feels like a good combo of a puzzle game and just a like place to hang out. There's, I think I like games you can hang out in and waste your time a little bit without having to feel like you have to do the thing. Um, that's an ongoing theme in my list and you'll see it. But I think Shane, you're right on the money that like it's the small town that makes it. Uh, a goose in an urban environment would be a sixth as much fun. That is a scientific amount. Yes. One sixth. One sixth, approximately one drumstick less mm -hmm. fun. <laughs> another thing I'm thinking about my list here is that another thing that my all my top games have in common is a reactive soundtrack. Um, Sayonara Wild Hearts is a game where you are just simply playing the soundtrack and, and you know, you, you are you're playing it out right there. Uh, but both Ape Out and Untitled Goose Game have soundtracks that uh, live and breathe and react to uh, your your character's move, movement and actions and things. Um, that's something that I really hope becomes a big element uh, in games. One of my favorite games of last year was the Tetris Effect, and that had the same, the same aspect. I, I love uh, when video games bring all these different art forms together. Like there's visual art, there's music, there's programming and, you know, and, and game design. And you bring all of that together in a way uh, where each of these parts are bouncing off of and reacting with each other. And, and that's, that's my favorite thing about video games. And that's my number one. Absolutely. Game of the year. 
All right. So I'm going to go through my list with uh, as much fanfare as Shane brought to his list. Uh, so, Reagan, if you could just edit in Shane doing that little trumpet song or whatever into every time I sing or <laughs> name a song, that would be helpful. <laughs> I absolutely will not. Every time you name a not. song on your game of the year list. <laughs> every time. What am I? What did I just say? Every time yep. I name a game, I want it to be underscored by Shane doing whatever it was that he did during his. <laughs> Uh, uh, while we're still table talking, uh, definitely Reagan's. Talk. That was absolutely oh. in the episode, Laura. Go ahead. Oh, Shane. sorry. No. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. So my list coming in at number five. This already may not perfectly qualify, but I've decided that Celeste Chapter Nine is number five for me. Now I know it's a DLC to an existing game, but. It has as much content and as much depth and as much quality as any other game that we've talked about. Uh, so the map makes games now extremely okay games, but an significant amount of thought and effort into the DLC to Celeste and it was free and it was incredibly challenging uh, and worth your time if you're a fan of Celeste. So I'm calling that number five for me. Uh, I don't right. think anyone else on the show really played it as much, but uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I think this whole list is going to be me talking about games, or at least several of these are going to be games that I loved because they are horrible for your mental state. Uh, <laughs> but for some reason, they sit well with me. So uh, Celeste Chapter 9, fantastic. Uh, right, exactly what I wanted, more Celeste. Number four, I have Untitled Goose Game. So we just talked about it. Uh, I think this game is like the meme is bigger than the game itself at this point. Uh, yeah. But I, I I loved this game as well. Um, so I won't repeat it, but I, I this game was great. And probably the one that will that will be talked about the most from any of our uh, any of our lists. Untitled Goose Game, I think, is going to be a part of meme and video game culture for a long time yeah can i reflect on that just one more time i i i, I do you guys think that the joke the joke so untitled goose game is a perfect joke in and of itself mm -hmm. do you think that all the memes and stuff around it are gonna spoil that joke no uh no it because the the meme is the joke right like or is the game? It's just an extension of the game. It's like it's funny to see the. So one of my favorite ones that came out in in the baseball playoffs this year, uh, a uh, in a very important game, a baseball player made an error, and someone went in and edited the goose going in and interrupting the player, make forcing him <laughs> to make the error, and so it is crossed over into that world, and and like. <laughs> That is so funny to me because that like, yeah, it's unlikely that that uh, set of circumstances would be in the game. But you can imagine on a notebook, like interrupt a play or something like that. Interrupt a, a baseball game would absolutely be on the list. And you'd have to go in and try to time it exactly right to make a baseball player miss a, miss a uh, ground ball is like right in line with the game. So it doesn't even... If you saw that meme and you're like, oh, that looks really funny and you go and pick up the game and instead of making a baseball player miss a ground ball, you're going and making a kid like 
have to buy his own airplane back from a store. Like it, it's all so just good. the same world, right? So absolutely, it, it, yeah. It does- I, I thought of most of the memes as like the Untitled Goose Game expanded universe or something, right? Like it's yeah, it's right? all just about yeah. projecting that the the same exact feeling of the game into new scenarios or interactions with other yeah. characters or or whatever, and it 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 almost always works, which. I feel is 100% additive. I don't think it takes away from the game. The thing that I think is magical and what makes all this stuff works and why I, why I was so quick to say no to you, Shane, about the stuff like wearing out the game is that the goose is being memed like side characters normally get memed, but you are playing that goose. Like normally the breakout characters in games are the like weird side ones and like the antagonist is kind of this like faceless thing that you get to play. In this game, you are that dickhead goose. So you get to do that stuff. So it's not just a meme of like this side character doing something or like the the villain. Like I I couldn't think of a million games when you would be trying to stop the renegade goose and all the creativity the team had would be put onto the goose doing stuff to you. You being the goose is so much more fun that I don't think mm-hmm. you can spoil that. Like I think all the memes in the universe, it's still fun to be the person initiating the pranks. Like it's still fun to pull the pranks being like, I think that's the reason why the memes still stay fresh and it's so much more fun because you get to pretend like it it does feel like DLC, like real world DLC for the game. Yep. I agree completely. (laughs) That's a really funny way to put Um, it. And I kind of agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. So my next game is ape out. Uh, So that was number three for me. Uh, I don't think I have anything to add to that conversation. Just that I I loved this game. Uh, so go check out Ape Out if you have not. Now, my next two are two games that we've not discussed yet. So number two for me was Cadence of Hyrule. Mm. Uh, I loved this game and I love this game for a lot of different reasons. One, this is my soundtrack of the year. This is the uh, I've listened to uh, particularly the uh, Glockenspiel song is <laughs> like perfect it's perfect uh so go if if you are a fan of the necrodancer soundtrack danny baranowski uh this is and you're also a fan of the zelda games this is like everything i could have ever wanted the soundtrack is awesome uh so i still listen Nate, to it did you time. hear the dlc just came out i did i haven't uh picked it up yet but i am or i haven't started playing it yet but i am i am very much into it and let's both uh, dip into that i can't wait Mm-hmm, yeah, me too. Very much. Uh, I and it. So I loved the game. I think the game is fun. I think it has the same. It, it feel. It surprisingly feels like a Zelda game, uh, which has both its strengths and its opportunities. Like, you know, by the end of the game, you're so strong that like it's not really a challenge anymore. And I wish that it stayed challenging for longer. But overall, just the fact that this game even exists that. Zelda that Nintendo let this weird little indie developer make a weird little indie game with its Zelda uh, property and they made a game that feels like a Zelda game and feels like a Crypt of the Necrodancer game is a real accomplishment and I, I, I just love that exists I think they executed it really really well it's fun it's silly it 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 it, the songs are all bangers it's it's a fantastic game so uh absolutely recommend it i also adored it and it's on my list as well i think what i really loved about it is like again i love zelda i loved crypt of the necrodancer 
more in theory than in practice because I was not good at it. Mm-hmm. So this game, I know that people have kind of said Cadence is a little too easy for them. I think for me, it was really wonderful because I got to enjoy this music. I got to move on the beat. I got to do puzzles, but I also got to take breaks from time to time, which really helped with that. Like it felt like this great like tension and release moment where I got to like amp in when I wanted to do something really hard, step out if I wanted to. And mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's the first time I've been able to play as Zelda or Cadence, like in as like to play as a, you know, not just Link has been really fun personally for me. So um, I don't know why it took this game to do that, but I just <laughs> want to give a quick shout out. Like I played as Zelda the whole time. It didn't affect anything in the story, didn't affect anything except the sprite, but it made me absurdly happy. And God, it just... I played this on a ton of buses and I think every time I was on a bus, I just like the time was gone. Like I, yeah. the battery died and I was like, what happened to the last three hours? And you missed your stop like seven times. And <laughs> you look up and it's, you're in a dark bus depot and they're well, like, ma'am, ma'am, honestly, <laughs> please. We went to go visit um, my husband's family and we were on a bus like, and we got stuck outside the, um, the tunnel and to get back to New York City for like an hour and I didn't notice and I was like oh it seems like we've been I've been playing this game for a long time why aren't we in New York yet Justin's like the bus has been stopped for 45 minutes and you didn't notice <laughs> oh so like that's how much I liked Cadence of High. wow yeah it, it's such a unique experience um, and it has characters that we all know and love and again feels like a Zelda game, which is such, I, I think, a hard thing to do if you're not making a Zelda game. So uh, one of the most unique games that happened this year. I, w- I was really hoping that by now we would get the big tell-all just explaining like how this happened. And I don't feel like we've gotten that complete story yet. But I mean, you know, there's still hope. I think it's fascinating that this game even happened. And I, I love that it did. And I want to see Nintendo do more like this. They yeah, are putting absolutely. they put Zelda assets in us Mario Maker 2. So oh, yeah. like they're dipping toes into like experiment as Zelda stuff. We gotta hope there's more down the down the road. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh your so my one, Nate? Yeah, my final game. What's your big fanfare? And... Do, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I wonder what it'll be. Yeah, I really debated <laughs> what to put here. And if you're in our Discord, you you might have an idea of what this is. Uh, but I really wrestled with it more because of how much time and thought and effort I put into this game and not because of how much I liked it. But it's got to be Slay the Spire. Uh, I feel like this is I'm, I'm, I'm back in my FTL hole. I'm back just like repeating the same uh, the same thing over and over and over. But these games, they just I, they just it's it, it, it's what I keep going back to and so i i you know we make a roguelike exception for this show and i really do think like at this point any one session of slay the spire i'm usually done in under an hour so i do think it it still fits it's perfect for me right for this last since it's came out it's been the perfect game for me to you know uh uh home kids in bed and i've got an hour or so before i'm gonna go to bed myself and I just want to play a game that I know and that I'm going to be have fun with and it's going to be challenging and I'm going to be able to finish all of my commitment to that game in that sitting. Mm. And that's what Slay the Spire offers. I can pick it up, start a game within an hour, sometimes three minutes. I am like done with my commitment to that game and I can put it away and it doesn't 
matter anymore. So that's why I, I do think it fits really well into our format. Now, have I done that hundreds of times? Yes. Is my total play time now probably over a hundred hours? Yes. Did somehow my daughter miraculously delete my save file, making me get even deeper into this game oh. so that I can make up, <laughs> uh, uh, make up my, uh, lost progress and get past it. Yes. Uh, but this game offers a depth that I was not expecting. Uh, it blows my mind that, uh, that I'm st- it's the same game. There's no the the cards don't change, the relics don't change, none of it changes. They just add these slight modifiers to make it more and more challenging. And uh I, I I'm pretty deep in it at this point. They they have this ascension thing that uh you have to beat the game with uh every time you beat the game, it adds a new modifier that makes it more difficult. Really small stuff on any one individual. Like you start with lower HP or you start with a curse in your hand or so-and-so creature is tougher, uh, but they stack and they stack and they stack. And there is the final goal is Ascension level 20. And I and I, I I want to get to that and beat it. And then I will, I don't know, like bury my switch in the backyard or something. Uh, and uh, I'm at Ascension level 15 and 13 and 12 with the three different classes. Uh, so I'm I'm getting there. Uh, but this game is in my head. I, I love it. I, it is absolutely the game that's had the biggest impact on me this year there's a fourth character coming out at some point it's in beta if you play on pc i've not gone into it yet so i I say i'm getting close to being done and there's going to be another character and it's going to just you know i know what i'm going to be doing but i love this game i know it's not for everyone uh but it is complex it is enjoyable it's difficult uh and it is satisfying when you when you win so uh, shout out to uh, the few that are still on the Discord that like chat about it with me. If you're out there playing this game and you want to post your decks and your builds and all that and want to talk about them, we still have this conversation going. So uh, I love this game and it's got to be my number one. It's the game I've spent the most amount of time and thought on this year. All right. And Laura, it's down to you. Yeah. So I uh, will confess that I have not only reordered my list many, many times, the point that I put it in alphabetical order when I initially set up the doc, but I've been reordering as we've been recording um, because so many of my games are so different feeling from each other that they're really hard to rank. So this is my top five list for now. Uh, I will say that Ape Out and Grindstone have been neck and neck for that last spot because um, both of them are filling the same spot in my heart. They're that quick short session game. I mean, I beat Grindstone all the way Grindstone won because of one particular thing, and that is there is the most ludicrous sound effect when you, um, there's little like king folks that, that you can collect in levels. And at the end of the level, if you've ki- you've gotten the king, you tap the king to beat him up and he gets little bruises. And then you take his crown. Yes. And I feel so bad for that thing- little dude. And you just beat up this guy, and it's like, oh, 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 oh. And then a crowd of children go, yay. Yay. And that yay, every single time, I like from for 150 levels, um, I'm, he's not on all 150, but every time I got like ludicrously happy, I laughed. Like it was funny every time. 
Um, it's a really, for instance, that's a really good call out because that's a really brilliant little choice. I had the same feeling that Shane had, which is that like that moment where you've already beaten the level and then you have to like kill the king a in a kind of a it's, mean way. And it would feel really, you feel bad you feel terrible. and then the kids cheer <laughs> and you're like, that's fantastic. I know. Like, Yay. Like, oh yeah. Diffuses what could be a he, kind of a bummer moment into this cute thing. That's very weird. It's some, that's some alchemy there. Right, and I feel like there's so much of those little alchemical moments. I love every time I get to the hippie spear. I like there's all these little things about grindstone. Um, it is taking a mechanic that I love, um, and you know I, I've talked about dungeon raid a ton. But the thing about this though is there's like winnable levels. So many of these are like endless. How far can you go? How long can you last? This puts that on you. There's like this risk reward. Like you're gonna lose your stuff if you don't get out. Um, but you don't always have to die. You can win and get your rewards. And I think that alone has made that um, like a, a new twist on the genre. So <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Grindstone is approaching you must build a boat level for this show uh, where yep. it's, a mobile, it's a mobile game that we never actually did an episode on, but we have mentioned we're like a so year many times now. that we yeah. can put it on the list. Like that's why I, I, it's, it's. We didn't do an official episode, but we have talked about it on the podcast enough that I was like, it's got to get on there. Yeah. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule is four uh, for all the things I just mentioned, um, and my my getting stuck outside the Lincoln Tunnel, uh, making the time pass. It's a killer soundtrack. Three is a short hike, and I will say that might be, a, as I said, a little bit of recency bias, but. I've been really wanting a game like this this year. I've been wanting a game that let me explore, that let me talk to people um, where if people were mean, they were kind of, you know, mean for a specific reason. Like maybe they're having a bad day and if you helped them, they would feel better. Like that earnestness was something that I look for in short games and I look for in the games we cover. There hadn't really been one this year. Um, Goose Game was like sassy uh, and it had a lot of like good heart, but Short Hike had this really uh, beautiful lovingness. And plus, again, I love a game where you can take the path they want you to and it also doesn't penalize you if you literally go sailing off the other direction. It feels so good to just pitch yourself off the mountain and fly. Uh, And it's, you know, it reminded me a little bit of like the moment in How to Train Your Dragon when you're flying around like in the clouds. Like there's some really nice moments of peace and stillness in this game. And also like it's fun to talk to, a, you know, rabbit running a marathon. It's fun to do little Animal Crossing things. Um, it's this combo of a bunch of stuff I liked. And I think that's what made it so winning for me. Um, it, it's that Wonder Song mental health break spot where I'm going to stick it higher on the list than other people just because it feels so good to play it. And then I put Untitled Goose Game above it because I am a bad person and I like being <laughs> a bad person more than being a good, a good, good bird. Um, Goose Game is just so much fun. Uh, it is a game I love Honk. talking about with people. It's I like, yeah, it's, I felt like it expanded outside of the game so I had to put it pretty high it I thought if you had asked me a week ago and before I looked back on the list what would be my game of the year I'd been like of course it's untitled goose game then I looked at the list and realized this year Baba is you came out and I know I'm the only person who put it on their list in the top five but like Baba's you is one of the most innovative puzzle games I've seen in like ever because it's taking like physical puzzles 
and it's taking logic puzzles and it's taking word puzzles. Everything is collapsed. It's like we get the magic circle or the beginner's guide stuff where you're transforming objects. You get all this, you know, but what really, really makes it hit is that each level feels fair because it's a concept you're learning. And once you get that concept, they play on it. But you have to make all these series of logical leaps. And so many puzzle games are, here's a new mechanic I'm going to teach to you. In this game, it's here's a new mechanic that you're going to kind of uncover. You're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to make that leap. There's no tutorial. Um, And that graduated gameplay is really what got me. And God, this game is hard. There's like definitely haven't beat it. it, but it feels so good to just sit like side by side with someone and pass the controller back and forth and just, you know, rewind. You try it. Oh, no, no, I see this. Like very few puzzle games uh, let you think. A lot of puzzle games require you to do and keep trying, keep trying. This one's like, no, no, figure out what the hell's happening. Um, it's just such a pure new mechanic, new innovation that I had to put at number one. And I just found out it's getting a level designer in 2020, which is going to break everybody's brains. Like, can you imagine being able to make levels for this and share them? Wild. Like, can you imagine what people are going to do with it? It just seems crazy. I don't even know how you go about thinking about making a Baba is you level as a, in a level creator. I can't I can't can't think of how this game was even made, let alone like, hey, people go out there and make a game. But I bet some people are going to do some really cool stuff. It's just wildly creative. And I I just don't understand how so many they take such simple building blocks and it, it feels kind of like discovering Tetris. Like, oh, I took something simple and there's so much you can do with it. Like that's kind of it feels like such a pure thing that they've tapped into that I had to put at number one. I think it's a really, really good pick. And it was definitely on my list. I just, you know, the way these rankings are, it's all very, very personal to each of us. But I think it's it's easily if we were if we were ranking specifically based on what is the most innovative game of the year, Baba is you would absolutely have won uh, on I think probably all of our lists because it's incredibly innovative. I was gonna mm-hmm. point people towards a, uh, a video uh, that uh, – so there's a YouTube channel called Game Maker's Toolkit that does a lot of really great um, uh, analysis of game mechanics and game design. And one of the things they do every year is they don't exactly do a game of the year, but they do a, an episode at the end of every year uh, on what uh, the is the most innovative game of the year, like something, something brand new to games in that year. And they chose Baba is You. And they they have a, a an inter they have a, comments from the developer on the process in creating the levels like how they went about creating. Oh, them. I want to hear that. And it's a really interesting uh, description of sort of the the mental process of sort of uh, working backwards from a solution, trying to find ways to to wrinkle it basically. And it's a really really interesting one. And I'm very excited to see what people do with the uh, with the level design tools. I I, I think that's extraordinary like it's such a such an innovative game such an incredible game so um yeah very good pick laura and this leaves us with a really difficult choice to make here you know i think if anybody has uh, you know ideas about how to handle this i'm open to it i have a bit of a pitch for uh for a potential game of the year or rather i i was trying to narrow it down i don't think there's any way we're getting out of this year 
uh, with just a single alive, <laughs> right? Well, we almost didn't, but I think there's. I think we could narrow it down to maybe two. Well, I will say Goose Game was a one on Shane, two on me, and four on Nate's. Yeah, throwing that out as like a general consensus pick. We've spent the most time talking about Goose Game, but I do want to hear Reagan your your pitch. Yes, yes. Okay, so here here's here's my pitch. And while I agree, Goose Game Goose Game is a great game, and it did place very highly on most of our lists. It's also one of the most talked about games of the year. It needs no help from us. Um, neither did Firewatch. No, neither did Firewatch. Neither does anything on our list, really. I mean, who's looking to us? Doesn't but, every game really crave the short game bump? <laughs> but I, I think what <laughs> what sticks out to me is like when we pick a game of the year, we don't necessarily have to be picking it based solely on like which of us put it where on our personal lists. We are making a statement together as a podcast and uh, we're making a statement about the types of games that this podcast is about. Right. So I, I I have a pitch. Maybe this is the right choice for that, or maybe it's not. Let's talk about it. But here's my pitch. There are two games here. One game one game that three of us talked about, so roughly the same, I think, as uh, as um, Untitled Goose Game would be Ape Out. Uh, Ape Out was on my list. I think it was. I think it was somewhere on all of our lists. Actually, I took it off, but it was. Yeah. Well, okay. It was on there for a while. Okay, and um, it was pretty high on most of our lists. And I think it's a really special game. Uh, and it was on it's, it's on at least three of our lists. And then on two of our lists is A Short Hike. And I think in this year of 2019, uh, A Short Hike is the most short game, short game that I played. Now, I know that only two of us on the podcast here today played it, uh, which uh, handicaps it a bit. I have a feeling that it would have been in the top five for those of us who didn't play it if they hadn't. Now, that's not to say that that means it gets extra points, but it was, I think it's an extraordinarily the short game game. So I would like to push for that combo um, because I think it would present the types of games that we want to have as our games of the year. But maybe you guys want to argue with me about it. If it's not Slay the Spire, I quit the podcast. Oh, All right. No, <laughs> and, and it's I, funny, like, I love a short hike, but I really do think, like, the fact that only two of us played it is going to, like, I I feel like Goose Game placed higher on all the lists than Ape Out. So, like, I feel like. Not mine. Uh, I put uh, Goose Game uh, point at number nine. Ape Out was seven. Sure. Yeah, here's the problem that I so I love I guess Goose that's Game. Not true. And Goose Game is on my list, but I will say as a actual game, it's fine. It's more like the mood and the theme and like the meme and all of that is what's bigger than the actual game. Playing the game, it was like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, but well, are, yeah, I disagree. But uh, well, yeah, yeah and that's I, fair. I, we all can have d- different opinions about that, of course. And and I I talked about this on the episode, but I'm 100 percent with you, Nate. I think it's a really really great joke that is also a decent game. Um, but it, I, I to me, I like like you know, I I, I placed it below um, uh, Ape Out for sure, below Sayonara Wild Hearts, um, because I think those those have more of a more game game to them. Uh, than than Untitled Goose Game did. Goose Game has a lot of fun objectives and it is a great joke. Um, and I loved it, but I uh, I don't know. But like, again, but you've that's not like you two also placed them lower than Shane and I did. Yeah. So it's it's a I don't know. Like I don't think 
Like I am kind of, maybe I'm in a, a camp alone, but I, f- I feel like we should just like each put our personal number one for the year because I think it's a personal list kind of year. All right. I mean, I, I'm okay with that if that's what we want to do. Do we want to have a, a year where we put uh, a four-way split for game of the year with Manifold Garden, Untitled Goose Or like game. Reagan's game of the year, uh, Shane's game yeah, of the year. Baba like, is you and Slave Aspire. Is that our is that our choice for the year? Is a is a four-way uh, split? Or do you guys want to try to do a consensus? I made my pitch for consensus. I think I lost that argument, but maybe other people have a better <laughs> one. Uh, we I, could just call it Baba Slays You on a Hike. <laughs> nice. That was a good one. Wait. Did that get but, everything? But no, we didn't. Uh, no, because Manifold Garden uh, and Goose Game aren't in there, but man, it's a no. really good name. Uh, Baba slays you on a Goose Garden hike. Yes, uh, done. <laughs> five five Sold. ways. Uh, Baba eight. I, we have to we have to fix that. There has to be ape in there somewhere. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, we can put the word out. Man, we are. Yeah, we're killing this now. Uh, this is, this it's, is it's a plus already a content. dead joke, so we can le- we can leave it where it lies. But. Um, uh, what, well, what? How's everybody feeling? Were we are all we hail feeling? you, Baba, the the ape ape goose? Mm, yes, uh, I I'm leaning uh, more towards this year. We're not crowning uh, a short game game of the year. We're saying this has been a wonderful year for games and uh, has mm-hmm. had a divergent. Uh, or no, we keep saying I've said divergent like eight times now. Um, this has been a wonderful year for games and. I think there are so many developers out there now making such interesting and unique experiences that it is hard for four separate people to to come together and say this was the best game this year because there's been a lot of very individual uh, styles, right? There's been a lot of attempts at turning a specific thing into a game. And whether it's Ape Out or Baba Is You or uh, Slay the Spire, there's something for everyone that is great. And I think that is even better than one game of the year. Uh, So I say we end this on a high note. Nate is such a good diplomat. And uh, (laughs) I love it. I really do, sincerely. Thank you, Nate. I love it, too. Thank you, Nate. I think it's a very 2019 thing for everything to fall apart and there to be total disunity. So, (laughs) (laughs) whoa. Hey, guys, what's that? Do Do you see something waddling up towards the podcast? What is it? Honk, honk, honk. Oh, guys. Oh, my gosh. It's the oh, goose. No. He's running away with the trophy. <laughs> goose game wins it all. Oh, man. Damn it. Right when we were coming together. Uh, that, yeah. That damn goose. That damn yep. goose. Um, well, so what I'm hearing from all of you is Outer Wilds wins it. That's fine. And we'll move on. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so I, I'm i fine with that. I think I'm going to list this when we have our, our official page on the topic with four picks for four hosts. And uh, I'm happy with that outcome. I hope our server can handle all the fans of all four of these games going to just, uh, we got to have a comment board. We got to have everything because this is going to be some spicy content. Yes, Uh, I'm worried about our, uh, the fan base being able to handle this. If you're a fan of a game that's not goose game and you want to wrestle the trophy, the short game trophy back from the goose, you can do that in our Discord. The goose is holding the trophy next to a plaque that says four awards for four games. <laughs> and the sheep is just, e- Baba is just eating grass next to the sheep. There we go. <laughs> next to that goose. 
So before we wrap this whole thing up, uh, I know a few of us had a few little things we wanted to talk about that were uh, either long games of our year or other things we wanted to briefly note before we uh, wrapped up. Uh, and I also have some short game picks from some of our listeners that I would like to share with all of you. Some folks on our Discord shared them with us. So, uh, Shane, I think you had something you wanted to talk about. I did. Uh, so we have... Um not traditionally awarded a uh, special trophy for long games, but this has been a game. This has been a year where we've had a lot of games that uh, I really, really wanted to play, even though they were long or were just like right on the cusp. Like one of my favorite games, of course, we've already brought a couple of, up a couple of times is the outer wilds, which is just a hair too long for us to consider it a short game. Given our traditions, I really lobbied hard for us to consider it a short game and include it on the list uh, because what are the podcast police going to come and tell me that game is too long? Yeah, I mean, it's not like are we they? came up with a specific short game of the year anyway. So, hey, I say throw it in. But um, there it is. Uh, so I wanted to talk about um, how great the Outer Wilds was. Uh, my long games of the year are number one, Outer Wilds. Number two, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I'm still playing and it still rules. No argument for me there. And number three, Control. Yes, Control was awesome. And it, kind of a big surprise because I didn't really um, like uh, other games from that developer. I tried uh, uh, Alan Wake and kind of bounced off it. But Control is awesome. And I don't want to spend any time really talking about it on this episode because... Shane and I recorded a, a a little mini episode specifically about Control uh, right after we played it, uh, which has now been a couple of weeks ago because, uh, you know, I'm slow on editing. Uh, but uh, I've, I'm going to be releasing that next week. So this uh, bit of a programming note here is that uh, uh, next week being the holidays is going to be an off week for the podcast. But if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, you will be getting an episode of the show next week. It may be a little rough because it is just me and Shane talking about control. But if you're interested in hearing Shane and I talk about one of the best long games of the year, uh, support us on Patreon. And if you're not, I mean, hey, now is a great time to do that. If you support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the short game for even a dollar a month, which is not very much, uh, folks, uh, that gets you into our Discord where you can tell us what your pittance. what your favorite short games of the year are or chat with us about what you're playing. That's where we plan episodes and we talk to our listeners about what we're playing. And it's a very good time. We love having folks there. Thank you to everyone who joined us there in 2019. Um, and uh, we'll be starting to have some patron-only content. I uh, don't want to... Uh, erect a massive paywall, uh, but this will be sort of, sort of special extra content like Shane and I talking about a long game like Control. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in hearing that stuff, please join us there. I kind of already thought you released the Control episode to our patrons, and uh, I was wondering why no one had come and talked to me about it. Uh, it's because I, I had a, I, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to edit one of these things a week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk to people about Control. And there are already full-length episodes on two of our medium-to-long games that were disqualified, Heaven's Vault and Outer Wilds, because Heaven's Vault would have been my number one, probably. Yeah. But it's also long. Yeah, so. it would have been on my top five year for as games. well, as I think I already mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, good year for Very those game. medium games. Hey, if we get enough patrons, and this is a promise, we all quit our jobs. <laughs>
and we have the short game, the long game, the medium, medium game, game. <laughs> just the board then, game, the board game, the 15 minutes or less game. Yep. If that's the kind of content you crave, we are here to just get you a whole case of short us. film money to support four people, three of whom have kids and one who lives in New York City. <laughs> that much money. We'll quit all our jobs. Yeah, that's a promise to you, listener. That's a promise. Or we'll you take can, you to or dinner. Or you can contribute a small amount and get all of the wonderful benefits that I already mentioned. And get mentioned. your friends. So get thank friends. you, listeners, for your patronage in 2019, and uh, we thank all of you. This year, you probably bought like a $20 present for like a cousin that you didn't <laughs> really want to, right? You felt obligated. Take it back. <laughs> a, do- a dollar a Go month. Go return it. There's still time, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> and on the topic of our wonderful listeners, I did want to include, we uh, we pulled some of our listeners for their short games of the year. Uh, this was on our Discord, and I wanted to read some of the responses from them because some of them were games that either we didn't get to play or that we uh, uh, didn't uh, we played but didn't get to do an episode on or that for whatever other reason didn't get featured. And I wanted to, to call some of these out because they were great. And thank you so much to all of our listeners who, who sent this stuff in. Uh, Jeremiah, a huge friend of the show, uh, said that Tangle Tower and What the Golf were his uh, short games of the year, and uh, obviously Fire Emblem Three Houses for a very long, 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 long game of the year. Both good choices. What the Golf is amazing. We didn't do an yes. episode on it, but it's super mm-hmm. great. I've talked about it a couple times. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that game. And I, I've been running into some technical issues trying to play t- Tangle Tower, but I intend to get back to it. Hopefully there will be some bug fixes by the time that I do. Uh, Joe B. on the Discord uh, says, my short game of the year is Slay the Spire. So, Nate, uh, oh, yeah, I'm off. Uh, he says, I beat it in a little over an hour and uh, 60 additional hours into the PS4 version, he says. Um, he says he didn't play a ton of short games this year, but Grindstone and What the Golf also get mentions from him as well as Apex Legends. So um, uh, also uh, good picks. I played a fair amount of Apex Legends this year, too, but uh, that's not my style of game. So I fell off yeah, pretty rules. quickly, but it's good for the sort of thing that it is. And I recommend it. Uh, good friend of the show, Mark Bramhill, says that his Game of the year was a short hike. Uh, his other games on his list were uh, Untitled Goose Game, Sayonara Wild Hearts, and Cards, Card of Darkness, which we haven't talked about on the show, um, but maybe we should because we, uh, I so some of us have played it and maybe we were going to kind of save it for an uh, Apple uh, Arcade uh, episode, but Card of Darkness, very interesting game on Apple Arcade. Um, I'm never quite sure how to pronounce this one. Is it Ardia Abe? That sounds right. Sounds right yes. to me, Ardia uh, Abe from the uh, from the Discord. Uh, this is a bad year for new games for me, which is usually how I roll, says uh, Ardia Abe. Uh, my favorite short games were Untitled Goose Game. I loved the, that it was one joke with great punchline. Uh, nearly all of that game was a joy and was fun to play with my wife watching. Gato Roboto was number two. It's an easy breezy Metroid with a charming two-bit pixel graphics. Uh, and he says also, if I can sneak it in, Link to the Past Randomizer got its V3.1 update. And I love the randomizer so much. It's become my new sport with the, the fall tournament ongoing. I have a ton to watch. So Gato Roboto did didn't get on my list for whatever reason. Honestly, I'm now thinking maybe I should have put it there because it was. I know absolutely great. This is how that stuff works, right? Uh, the yeah. What's that French phrase for it? Uh, something about staircases and having coming. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I feel the same. 
and I, I think uh, Gatu Robato really was a great game. I didn't feel it was like truly innovative because it is basically a retread of, of uh, Metroidvania stuff, but shrunk in miniature. But how often do you get a miniature Metroidvania? It was really something. Yeah. And uh, finally, Hacksaw Unit, a friend of the show, uh, wrote to say uh, his number one was Hypnospace Outlaw. Man, I wish I had made time for Hypnospace Outlaw before the end of the year. I, I yeah, one of those games probably... that... It seems like your game. Oh, man. Yeah, we should have done I, that game. I, I... Is it a pinball game? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, he says, part adventure game, part virtual OS. It's both amazing to browse around and to puzzle out. I found the story and the smaller mini stories within to be compelling. Definitely worth a play. And then number two for him, Slay the Spire. Really caught me by surprise. Very, very oh, good. Yeah. Uh, not really much to say that hasn't already been said. It's a very good dungeon crawler card game. And then see the people get it. They do. And his number three uh, on his list was combo postage. Ha ha. Just kidding. Well, our, our listener uh, hacksaw unit is a game developer and sent uh, sent me a copy of his game that he released this year. Combo postage. Uh, and it rules. Uh, I, I took way longer than I should have to get around to playing it. And you, you, you there, there's a certain certain feeling sometimes somebody sends you a game that they developed and there's like, hey, check out my game. And, you know, you, you, you want to be polite or what have you. I did not need to be polite about this. I honestly should have gotten to play it sooner. It's a fantastic game. I don't know if we'll be covering it in any way on the show specifically, but um, I, I can 100% without reservation say that Combo Postage rules. Uh, it is a uh, Windows-based uh, sort of uh, puzzle platformer, I guess, is the best. It's action puzzle platformer. Uh, I guess. And um, it's one of those games that I have booted up for a short session literally every time I have booted my computer over to Windows since I installed the game. Um, I, I've been trying to beat my high scores at it and having a fantastic time. So uh, I feel a, a little bit potentially, I don't know, conflict of interesty uh, recommending the game because it was sent to me by one of our patrons who is literally sending me money. But I, with that said, um, this game was a huge surprise for me. and I really, really, really like it. Um, even if it is, uh, a game by someone who literally sends me money once a month. So thank you so much to all of our supporters on Patreon, uh, and specifically to these supporters who, uh, sent in their game of the year picks. And if you have game of the year picks, we would love to hear from you on our discord. Let us know there. Um, well, this game, this episode has been too long for us to share a what's making us happy this week here at the end. So I'll just say what's making me happy this week is the ho coming holidays and all of you. Uh, thank you to all of my co-hosts and to all of our listeners and uh, to everyone out there. Happy holidays. Uh, we're going to be taking a week off next week. Once again, like I said, if, you, uh, if you're really jonesing for something to listen to over the holidays, there will be that patron-only episode out pretty soon that I mentioned. I am Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And of course, you can find our, our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net or at underscore shortgame on Twitter or www.patreon.com slash theshortgame. Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Nate, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at NateSTL. And Shane, where can people find you? I'm extremely on Twitter at 8BitShane. And listeners, we hope that you'll join us again in 2020 on The Short Game. <laughs>